0: Hey, welcome back 360 electricians to the 360 electrician podcast today is one of the most special episodes I think I've ever done in the podcast yet. We have with us a special guest that you are not going to want to miss if you're an electrical contractor or you're thinking about being one my guest has been in the trade for more years than i have and has way more experience i'm gonna let him introduce himself he's the one and only steve steve welcome to the podcast
1: hi jeff thank you for having me on your show
0: very welcome steve and uh i just want to go right ahead and the people that are listening to this on the podcast or watching on youtube just said jeff said it's one of the most incredible guests well steve Tell us a little about yourself because I know you're a humble guy and you're not going to want to give us all your credentials. But I know we're going to start with the six inspector uh, classes. You're in the inspection world. Tell us a little bit about your background because I think it's so important that they know who I'm going to be talking to in this podcast.
1: Well, I think the the most important uh, credential that I have is I'm a I'm a master licensed electrician. You know, so if I had my my contracting company, you know, I you know went out and and did jobs for customers. And, you know, I had those good days and bad days, you know, as any electrical contractor had, but I always felt that maybe I should be doing more. So I started studying to become an electrical inspector and that was a lot of studying. And, uh, I'm happy to say I got the six electrical inspection, uh, certificates six. and, uh, six, yeah, just six. So, uh, so and I figured I, I'm going to stop there.
0: <laughs> I don't even know. I would hate to have you on my job site if you have six. (laughs) I mean, can you you break down what those sixes are and kind of just briefly what they entail? Because I don't know if any other electrical contractor out there has ever realized your side of the electrical world.
1: Well, um, uh, three of my certifications are with uh, IAEI, the International Association of Electrical Inspectors. We have the general, we have one and two, and then we have plan review. And also, um, I'm also certified with ICC. And uh, there's three similar types of certifications with the ICC organization. Hmm. So, uh, but, you know, when you pass one, it's easy just to keep on studying and you just keep on taking them. And, you know, I I think the hardest part about taking any, any test is just to get yourself ready and then, you know, put yourself in the quiet place, get your code book and study, sure. and study, and study, do lots of practice questions. So what ended so, up happening, I, I, yeah. I was studying so much that um, I actually started to teach. And people would ask me, hey, Steve, can you explain this to me? Can you explain that to me? And eventually, I became an electrical instructor.
0: Yeah, and you're your chief instructor for your website. And I put it up there. That's www.electricaltime.com. Is that correct? That's correct. Now, before uh, we jump into that, I just got a break for two seconds. You're also a master electrician. And by the way, this is all in the state of New York. Is that correct? uh, That's correct. Okay, I got a lot of subscribers that are in New York. And uh, so if you're listening from New York or the coasts, you know, New York and L.A. or California, pretty, pretty regulated states. Correct. Would you say code wise?
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. They are.
0: Gotcha. And so would you say that if I decided, you know, later on in my years, not that I'm saying you're old, but decided that I wanted to be an electrical inspector, would the test to do that be as difficult as the master's test or would you say the master's test was harder?
1: Um, Or do you need
0: to be a master or you should you be a master or just a journeyman would be fine? You
1: should be a a master electrician. You should be like my my perspective is if you if I'm going to be doing the electrical inspections, I want the electricians to know that, you know, hey, I'm, I'm also a master too, you know, mm-hmm. because I'm going to be looking at your work. I'm going to be judging it. I'm going to tell you whether, you know, it's a pass or fail. So, mm-hmm. you know, I felt that it was a much better thing to be a, a master licensed electrician, electrician and then to, you know, become uh, an electrical inspector. You know, this way I know both sides, you know, I, you know as an electrical contractor, you know, it's a tough business. You know, you got to make the customer happy. You got to manage your workers. You got to be able to buy the supplies. You got to, you know, do all kinds of crazy things to run a business. So I understand that. I really respect that. And it's not easy to be an electrical contractor. You really almost have to be like Superman or Superwoman, (laughs) you know, to do that and manage all of that complexity.
0: It is. And that's why I, that's why I appreciate you. And I think this is going to be a great podcast because- you've done all stages in it and one we haven't hit one yet. you're also another one of now I call you guys code gurus so let's talk for five seconds five minutes about that. So you <laughs> went you know you you I know you didn't even start like that I don't even think you told us that you're a certified
1: uh um well actually I, I, I as well when I, correct? when I when I went to, to college um my original goal was to become an electrical engineer. But I was working with my father. We, you know, we had a, a painting contracting business at the time, and you know, I would always watch the electricians, you know, as they were working. I thought it was fascinating. Uh, you know, but our family business, we were painting contractors, and you know, from the age of sixteen, you know, I was working with my father, and I was very proud to be in the family business. So when I, you know, became of age, I, I started going to college at night. And one of the classes that I took was was physics, you know, for the electrical engineering program. And I was so tired by the time my class started at six o'clock that I would fall asleep in class. So uh, basically what happened, I didn't pass physics and I had to. I don't think a lot of
0: us has passed physics.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I was so determined, um, you know, to to get a college degree, um, even though I wasn't allowed to continue in my, my selected major. So I went to college uh, in the next semester, and I just started looking at different classes. I took law, I took accounting, I took philosophy, whatever class I could take. And I said, "Oh, accounting—that seems you know pretty easy for me. You know, it's about laws, mm-hmm. and I've always lo- I've always loved studying things that are law related." Mm-hmm. So, uh, short—make uh, a um, um, a short—a uh, long story oh. short. Um, so I became an accountant, the controller, and chief financial officer. And I knew that there was something missing in my life. And at one point, I was in my 30s and I had a chance to do some part time work for one of the local electricians. And I said, This is really what I love to do. To me, doing electrical work is just like having fun. And, um, you know, I started at uh, $10 an hour at that point. I had a family that I was raising. So, you know, the money was actually very bad from versus where I came from in the financial world. But sure. I loved it so much. I wow. bought my first code book and I read it f- cover to cover. Mm. And I was so fascinated by it that I kept on reading it. And eventually I became the um, the code person in the company. Mm. And, you know, I took my master's exam, became a master electrician. And Wow.
0: Then so you I became started- the code person in that company while you were technically a helper.
1: I, I started as a helper. And, uh, these guys would make fun of me because I'd have yeah. to work and, you know, I try to study a little bit. And so I didn't get any help from the guys. <laughs> I could, you know, you that I
0: got to interrupt you for one second. So I just did the, uh, 21 irrefutable laws for electrical apprentices on how to succeed and make sure you're going to keep your job when all the other helpers aren't. And I think like non law number 14 or 12 or 11 is know the code and be the code guru. Because if you are the go-to guy, you're gotta you know you're solid every journeyman's going to want to work with you you know and so it's it's funny that you said that because that's just a real life live uh sample of of the truth it's like be be a code group do something that that makes you break out from the rest of the crowd right
1: and what was funny uh one day you know my my boss um a uh, wonderful guy he's actually an electrical engineer as well mm-hmm. you know he would always tell me what to do you know, you know, you know, let's let's install this cable, put these switches here, put the circuit breaker panel there. And I'm like, OK, so I would do it and not know why I was doing what I was doing. So little by little, I would read the code book on that particular item that I was working on. And little by little, I started to gain knowledge. There was a day and, and I'll never forget this day. The boss looks at me and he says, hey, Steve, what do you think we should do here? you know for this electrical installation i said you're asking me he goes yeah i'm asking you I so i went that. into my truck i had i always brought my code book with me i opened up the code book we found the the right article in the right uh-huh. uh part in the right section and i was reading what i thought would be the answer to the boss mm-hmm. and the boss looks at me he goes he goes i agree let's let's do exactly what you just wow. said Steve. Wow. and i i was so amazed That after all of those years, starting as a helper, then an apprentice, um, you know, and then starting to help out with the jobs, eventually, you know, I I became the foreman. And, you know, the guys that sort of like uh, looked at me in the beginning and gave me a hard time, um, they eventually reported to me. So and it was it was it was a great feeling um, to be a teacher. And I always love to teach. So in doing that, I decided to open up uh, the website, electricaltime.com, and uh, I teach on Zoom classes. And I got to tell you, I just love every minute of it. So uh, to me, it's a blessing that I can do something that I love to do. And, you know, that we're trying to help, you know, the same people here, the electrical contractors Mm -hmm. and uh, eventually, you know, their uh, employees Mm -hmm. so they can do a great
0: job in the field. Right. Right. No, I totally agree. That's the whole point of our channel. It was really for electrical contractors and those that want to be. And so there you go. I mean, uh, just to recap, I mean, you went from, uh, you know, you started from the ground up, like all we all do, helper, then to your journeyman, quote unquote, straight to your master, uh, master's, and then you had your own business. You were an electrical contractor. Correct. And then, you know, you at, at, did you became well? You became a code guru. I'm gonna keep saying code guru because I don't know how else to say it. Anybody that knows the code like you guys do, and and people are gonna l- hear, you guys are gonna hear in this podcast what we're talking about. I mean, Steve knows the code. We had a uh, truth be told, uh, we didn't even say how you and I met, Steve. And it's a it's a sh- short story actually, and we'll tell you. But you know, I had a conversation with Steve uh, earlier this week, and he said a couple of things that really I'd never thought about and that really is the topic of this podcast this has just been the introduction we're in it for about 10 minutes so let's get down to the what do they call it the beef and uh and the beans and beef or you know i'm messing that one up but the the real meat can you help me what is it meat and the meat and potatoes meat and potatoes you see i'm <laughs> armenian what do you want we eat shish kebab and rice what do you want you know the meat and potatoes so uh, me and Steve have a mutual friend. It's one of his best friends, and I was at my church barbecue in L.A. when I visited. I visited my old church. I'm living in Montana now, and they were having a men's barbecue, and And a guy named John, who happens to be best friends with Steve, <clears throat> told me, well, my friend Steve is a code guy, and he has a YouTube channel, and, and here we are. So it's amazing. So what Steve and I talked about during this week was, and I don't even know how it came up, really. I don't know if it was a question I asked you about this, the Lutron panel or something, but we were talking about arc faults and arc fault breakers and just the simple fact that my company does dozens, if not hundreds, of service calls every single year where we have might have a stabbed receptacle, right? It's stabbed. It's not twisted or it's not pigtailed. It's an in and out receptacle. People are putting in their uh, uh, space heaters and it's burning the receptacle. And we really realistically, you know, as stupid as it sounds, and I don't want to, you know, put it out there, but yeah, a lot of my guys, I don't think are thinking about it as well. We're going there and we're saying, oh, you just have a burn outlet or the stab came out. We're just going to go ahead and re- re- replace that receptacle. Thank you for $99 and they're leaving. Or it's a friend or family member and we're just walking in there and going, oh, I don't worry about it. You know, I'm an employee for a company, let's just say. And I'm walking in and I'm changing it out an, uh, an outlet for Uncle Jim, you know, or my Uh, ex father-in-law to make it even better. And so we talked about that. And Steve, you brought up some really, really good points that this is really what this podcast is about. It's about the liability part and the sheer, the sheer weight that you really got to think about as being an electrical contractor. And into that point, I have a video out that says, mark the black X and get paid what you're worth. It's about the nuclear power plant engineer comes in for an hour, marks the black X, leaves, and charges $100,000. Well, there's a value in that. He's the only one that knew how to mark that black X. Plant was losing a million dollars a day, so it was worth it. So I want to give it back to you, Steve, and let's talk about that. And it's the simple things that we forget about as electrical contractors, where you, already an electrical contractor, a master, a inspector, so you're inspecting this work, not to mention you're, you're on one of the boards for the code. I think we talked about that for code writing. But also an expert witness and that's how we got into this. So I kind of want to take I want you to take over from there and say as me as a as an electrical contractor as an owner I go in and change a simple receptacle but it's not that simple is it?
1: It's not. And you know with the you know the new code that came out for ARC uh fault circuit interrupter protection and that's going to be 210.12. And I'm referencing the 2020 code. Um, you know, I could go to the 17, but I figured 2020 is still good. Uh, yeah, I'm and most teaching... people are
0: still using that, I think. Most and mis- I... municipalities are still and We're going to go into deci- that.
1: And I made a decision that uh, I'm going to teach 2023 next year in my classes. Sure. So I'm going to focus on the 2020 code. So, you know, we've got this section called 210.12, arc fault circuit um, in the uh, protection. And really what it, it talks about you know, the areas inside a dwelling unit that must be, you know, arc fault protected for those receptacles, also for the lighting too. Um, One of the things that's a common service call, you go in to change out a receptacle outlet. Mm -hmm. And, you know, let's say that receptacle outlet's been there for, you know, 15, 20 years. And you just change it out. And now, okay, it's great. And, you know, you collected your 150 bucks, 200 bucks, and, and then you go away. Well, the code has a little bit of a surprise in there. It says that, you know, if we change that receptacle outlet, and and if that receptacle outlet's in an area of a dwelling unit where arc fault protection is required, then Mm -hmm. you must arc fault protect that branch circuit. Now, I'm going to say the whole branch circuit, but, you know, I'm not going to make this into a code class. Mm -hmm. All right. So here's what you do. You know, you go in, you change out the receptacle, and customer's happy you Charge 150, it took you
0: you know 10
1: minutes to do, and, and you leave. Yeah,
0: you think you're on top of the world. Absolutely. You, you made 150, it. you're gonna go out to eat sushi. <laughs> you know, life is good, but then you gotta go to bed at night, right? Right
1: now, here's where it is. You know, the code, the national electrical code is adopted as the law of the land, so you have to follow the law. So in 406.4d4 that talks about the arc fault protection for the replacement um, of those receptacles. Basically what it says, it says that if you're replacing that receptacle, and now let's say you're on the 2020 code, then you're going to have to make sure that at least that receptacle or the entire branch circuit is now arc fault protected. So let's, let's paint this scenario a little bit deeper. So, you know, you go to your friend's house, you know, talking about, I'm talking to all the contractors out there Mm -hmm. because I was a contractor. I know um, I'm talking from that perspective. Um, You go to your friend's house or it's a make-believe friend. They only call you when they need something for you. You know, they don't right. call you for dinner. They don't call you for anything. <laughs> but all of a sudden, when they need a one of those work,
0: friends and I'm doing uh, air hashtags, if you're if you're listening to the right. podcast, and they're like, and say, oh, this is my buddy, John or Joe, <laughs>
1: right. you know, and I have like, a great friend
0: you, is an electrician.
1: They give you a big hug. Right. And they say, oh, can I get you something to drink? Right. But they, they don't call you for any other reason except when they need electrical work. So to me, that's not a friend. That's just somebody trying to take advantage
2: sure. of me. Sure.
1: So you go in you you know you feel like oh this is a, a a good relationship and you change the receptacle and that's all that you do and they and they say hey how much yeah you know what i was here 15 minutes you know make it 100 bucks okay so now you mm-hmm. you go home and 6 months later you're driving by that 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 friend's house right mm-hmm. and now the friend's house is on fire mm. so now that friend's going to be looking at you And they're going to be, he's going to be pointing at you. That's the guy. That's the guy who set my house on fire, you know? So the the, the thing about arc fault protection, and and because it's in the code, we must Mm -hmm. uh, provide that protection. Mm -hmm. So all I know is for myself, I I really, you know, invested a lot of time in my life to to learn the code many years. And at one point, I, I started my own electrical contracting company. You know i had to have the liability insurance mm-hmm. i had to have all the other insurances and i had to you know manage this company and i had to buy the materials and i had to do the estimates basically i was living for my company my company was me and i was the company and the one thing that i always paid attention to was to watch the liabilities because it's as hard as it was to get into business Mm-hmm. And to get the insurances and get the licenses and get the the electrical permits. I don't have to tell the electrical contractors out there just how difficult it is to run an sure. electrical contracting company.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But
1: I'm going to tell you that one little job that you might have done without mm-hmm. installing ARC fault protection mm-hmm. uh, might end up destroying your company. And if there's a lawsuit and if yeah. they say that, hey, you were supposed to install arc fault protection but you did not
0: and and i think that's where we're yeah it's not necessarily this podcast is not necessarily arc fault you guys it's the fact that steve brought it to my attention that the code is there for a reason and if we touch that receptacle and i know i mentioned lighting and lighting is not included in that part but thank goodness so uh, this is going back to hey uh, it's easy to take a test let's be honest with you you study like crazy you take a test the hard part is really doing the right thing every single day where, again, you don't arc fault that single receptacle. The guy plugs something in and goes to bed and it arcs, causing the house to burn. Someone like Steve, a professional uh, 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 witness for the state or for the insurance company comes in and notices that, hey, that's a Decora receptacle. All the rest are standard. And that's where the fire started. The investigation starts and the guy says, oh yeah, I had my buddy. Jeff and Steve over right last week. And they're the ones that changed it. That's when you're going to get the ding. And now the bigger part of that is, and I tell my guys this all the time. So if you're an electrical contractor, an owner, when next time you sit down for your toolbox meeting and Steve try me at any time, you got to mention this go guys. I'm not there holding your hand, okay? I'm the owner of the company. I'm shielded by my corporation in a lot of ways. I'm not doing the work. I'm telling you guys you got to do it to code. It's your responsibility as a journeyman and a master electrician to also know the code for one simple reason. If somebody does, unfortunately, die, even if they get injured really bad, I, as the owner, I'm going to lose my business. My insurance is going to get sued. And I'm going to have to probably find another career because no one's going to insure me again. But guess what? You're the one that's going to be probably in trouble for killing someone, should I say, for for a lack of better terms, or injuring someone. Because you're the technician that was supposed to be trained to do the job. And I don't know if I'm going a little too extreme. I don't want to scare anybody because I'm scaring myself because I'm in the same boat as all of you guys that are listening to. But there's some truth to that. Is there not, Steve? There is.
1: You know when, when you decide to go into business as an electrical contractor you take on an incredible amount of responsibility mm-hmm. not just for yourself and not just for your employees but also for the lives of mm-hmm. your customers you know and the the, the the big problem out there you know when something goes bad something like that and you know they call the in fire the fire investigator And they say, Oh, okay. So what they talk to the homeowner and what happened? Well, you know, I had that electrician here. Now he's not, he's not your buddy anymore. Remember he was calling you your buddy, your friend. (laughs) He gave you a big hug, you know, best buddies, you know, as far as I'm concerned, that's all bullshit. Yeah. He's the bus
0: driver and he wants you under it. (laughs) Right.
1: Right. And and he never invited you to his house for anything, except when he's got an electrical problem. So now, um, you're going to have a lot of problems now. And then, you know, Mm -hmm. when they call you and they do the fire investigation and, you know, they say, you know, Mr. Electrician, you know, I see that, you know, there's a new receptacle here. Mm. And under the the code, which is the law, you know, you did not provide ARC fault protection, you know. um, So what happened? Well, you know what? He's my friend and I wanted to do him a favor, blah, blah, blah. Um, You're done. You're done at that point. Because sure. you know, if there's a, a serious injury or the house burns or somebody dies,
2: mm.
1: you know, you intentionally violated the law. Mm-hmm. And there's really no escaping that. You know, yeah. um, you just you, you just if you ever end up in that kind of situation, you know, the best thing to do is probably, you know, uh, not say anything at all. You know, ha- talk to your attorney. Well
0: well, let's, yeah, talk to your attorney. I don't want to get into legal advice attorney here, but we're work yep, yep. And then shut up because <laughs> you're right, probably in did, a lot uh, of trouble.
1: Right, right. And what what I always tell you know um, my electricians out there,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, the arg fault is actually a wonderful device, and we also have the GFCI protection in 210.8, but mm-hmm. we've got a breaker that's a dual purpose, uh, dual function yeah. breaker. It's got AFCI sure. and GFCI.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: I'm gonna tell everybody a secret here, but don't tell this to anybody else. Okay. You know, in the world, this is going to be a nobody, secret. nobody
0: else, just between you and me, and uh, because nobody's going to listen to this podcast anymore.
1: Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I got, I got, I got a tip here. You get a call, you know, to change out a defective receptacle outlet before you even touch it. You go into your truck and you get a breaker, you get a dual purpose, uh, dual function. It's, I think it's called a dual purpose or a dual function breaker. You know, they have AFCI yeah. and GFCI combined, yeah, and. You find the circuit in the panel, you take out the old breaker and you put in that new breaker
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you turn it on, mm-hmm. see if it holds.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If it doesn't hold, mm-hmm. then you can maybe go up to that uh, receptacle outlet and disconnect the receptacle outlet and put some wire nuts on it, go back to the breaker again, that new breaker that you just installed as mm-hmm. a test breaker.
0: Right. Turn it Because on. it's doing a dual function.
1: Right, and it's, and it's yeah. gonna be looking, You know, really what we're looking for um, is the correct wiring. So if we got grounds that are mixed up, or if we Mm. have what's called an objectionable current, Mm. which is 250.6, where we've Mm -hmm. got the neutral and the grounds connected after the first point of disconnect, that breaker is going to trip right away. Right. And then then you can say to the homeowner, listen, Mm -hmm. you got a problem here. There's a problem with your wiring. It could be a concealed junction box where they mixed all of the grounded. We call them the neutral conductors, but the grounded conductors. And there could be objectionable current where the neutral is touching the ground. Mm -hmm. So you got a problem. I've
0: seen it a lot in the light fixtures. They don't know what to do with that ground wire or something. They'll wrap it around the neutral and then just tie it in. And now you have a, that's a great, great way to quickly troubleshoot, even without a meter or anything. You just pop in that dual function. That's a great idea. You just pop in that
1: little baby. And then mm-hmm. you could see, well, is it holding? Yes or no.
0: Of course, if, if it's it a holds, modern panel, that's our right, big problem. And, and, in New York and right. California, there are not a lot of modern panels in these older houses. So I'll, I'll paint the other way, uh-huh. the other scenario.
1: You go and you change the receptacle and, and you say, oh, yeah, I got to provide arc fault protection now, you know, for that that branch circuit. And then you go to your truck and you get your arc fault breaker and you pop it in and it trips right away. And the homeowners behind you can say, well, what happened? And you're like, I don't know. You know, I installed the receptacle outlet and mm-hmm. everything's good, but the breaker's tripping. Mm. Now the homeowner's looking at you like you're a jerk, like you don't know what you're doing. And they're going to say, well, you you just broke my electrical system here. Mm. What did you do? And now, instead of being able to do a quick service call, you look like a real jerk. Mm. Now, what do you do at that point? Do you go in and, and, and you put back the old receptacle mm. and you put back the old... Uh, breaker which is just a regular you know breaker it's not afci yeah. or anything else so you're in a real problem here. Yeah. a real pickle so to me the first thing i'm going to do is i am going to protect myself as mm-hmm. a contractor as somebody who knows what they're doing and to and to protect my integrity and my reputation now if i go to the homeowner and say listen there's a problem here with your wiring and we got to find out what that is. We'll say, how much is that going to cost? Well, you know, we charge so much per hour. And if we find it in an hour, that's where it's going to cost. But, you know, it could be much more. There could be concealed junction yeah. boxes. There could be all kinds of problems. Mm-hmm. And what you just did now is to prove to the homeowner that you are the expert in what you're doing. And you're there to protect them, their property, and their lives. Right. Now, will they you know, call the handyman or they call, you know, the guy down the street who comes and fixes things here and there, you know, to replace the receptacle? Mm -hmm. Maybe. But you know what? It's not your problem now.
0: Right. It's absolutely their problem. Absolutely. And I think that this is all tying back to, you know, we have areas in Los Angeles where, look, we got people that are, that don't have the papers to do what they're doing, you know? They might not even have, not even have papers to be here. Let's just say, and they're doing electrical work. Okay, and it's hard. It really is hard is. to compete. It's, it is. it is, and unfortunately, our good old government's not like it's on our side. We're legit. They just know where to find us and grab the money, right? But you got all these underground stuff going on, and I hate to put it that way. But we're, look, I'm in Los Angeles. You're in New York. It's it's. I don't want to get into politics here, but it becomes. That's why you said it. It is very difficult to survive it is very difficult to employ it is very and it's not getting any easier now you could argue well dang it the code made it even harder for me well no that's you know you're going to progress as a society as a as anytime we have many fires we want to be better and save lives at it i think it just goes back to really stopping one of these days you know grab your favorite drink grab your cigar grab your you know whatever talk to your pastor but you got to have that moment where you sit and you go wow I really got to just step one you know take one step back and reanalyze and recheck your liability there now again insurances are going to get involved and if you did something not to code that insurance is made for those uh-ohs but you don't even want to be there you know you really got to take a step back so if as an electrical contractor for the past you know 16 17 18 years i do rely a lot on my guys as far as the code aspect cuz they love the code and i run the business you know so there's a lot of... what do you suggest i mean i, I know you have uh, a electricaltime.com what do you suggest to the people listening here as a great starter? You got a bunch of free videos by the way. Again, I'm going to put that banner out there right now. You want them to go to the YouTube channel? Do you want them to go to electrictime.com? If What's they go the to best- my if they go
1: to my website electricaltime.com, I've got mm-hmm. a button that's called free videos and yep. it takes them right to my YouTube channel. And they mm-hmm. can check out all the free YouTube uh, videos. You know, that yeah, I have out and
0: there. you got some great information. Now, what if I'm someone that wants to go deeper with you? What, 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 what do you? I mean, you know, I've got marketing courses, I've got paperwork courses. Again, the business side. I know you've got the code side covered. What, what else can they do? What's one level well, above that?
1: One, one thing that I do, and I do, I do multiple things. But one of thing that I do is I do weekly NEC code classes on Zoom. So if you go to my website, electricaltime.com, uh-huh. Uh-huh. you click on online code classes. And basically what you're going to do is you're going to send me a, an email uh, mm-hmm. with your name and phone number. And mm-hmm. then what I'll do is I'll let you sit in for one class to see if you like it. Really? You know, and if you like it, great. Then I could sign up as soon you know, as we're, we're done, done, by the way, the I haven't done one of those. I'm signing yeah, the up. Other, I'm going to have all my thing, guys <laughs> sign up. <laughs> the other thing <laughs> that I do that I think is pretty neat, you know, after, and I, I teach um article by article by article. So, you know, right mm-hmm. now, Um, you know, we're teaching article 110, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and eventually, you know, we'll end up at the end of the code book. And then, you know, by that time, the code cycle will change and it will start (laughs) back at the beginning. But what I do at the, at the last half hour of the class, I leave it open to the, for my students to ask me Mm -hmm. questions Mm -hmm. and some of the questions you can't even believe the questions that they ask such Mm -hmm. great questions. They're on the job. Could be about a transformer. It could Uh be about how to size a service. It could mm-hmm. be about all kinds of different things. Mm-hmm. So, as the instructor, you know, I look at my students, and there's some students that know the code really well, and there's some that are just starting. So we we look at those questions from the students, and we answer them together as a class. So the the real value in this is that you know we we do the instruction. It's a two hour um, you know Zoom meeting once a week, and uh, for about half an hour we're just
0: once a week too. Okay.
1: Yeah. Once a week. So we're not going to, you know, I'm not going to, we're not going to kill you with going to class. Sure. Overnight. Sure. You sure. Know, you gotta hours, work. But that's yeah.
0: great. I mean, there's so you many people out there that ask even if you're listening to this and you're an apprentice, but you want to get in the trade, you don't have a college near you, right? You don't have an electrical college. You got to go somewhere. So this will be great even for them.
1: Well, I got to tell you when, when I started studying the code and you know, when I read the code book for the first time the cover to cover, I, I really enjoyed reading it. But to be honest, Jeff, I really had no idea what I was reading. Sure. It was just like, like a foreign language. Uh-huh. And then when I read it for the second time, the third time, the fourth time, the fifth time. And then when I started reading the different articles, the different parts and the different sections. When I was working, let's say I'm doing a kitchen, the kitchen receptacles, you know, in 210.52. Mm-hmm. So I would read that. I was okay, I'm going to be working on these kitchen receptacles tomorrow. Let me read the rules on this. Right. And by the time I got to work, I had a pretty good idea of the rules and how I was gonna get the job done. And the other guys who didn't even have a code book, they nobody had I was the only um apprentice um who had a code book.
2: <laughs> that was wow. it,
1: you know. Wow and I, I, I enjoyed reading it. And the more that I studied, the more that I that I knew, the more I enjoyed even studying more because I really wanted to to get a real deep uh, understanding sure. of the code. Yeah. And that's what I do in my class. I try to, you know, to give that to my students. Okay. And so, you know, if you're going to want to study the code, if you want to get into business, you're going to have to get licensed. Sure. And, you know, um, you know, once you get licensed, then, you know, Jeff is right there to, you know, help you along the way, but you need to get licensed first. You need to pass mm-hmm. an exam. Mm-hmm. And um I'm going to say, most of my students are apprentice students but I, I do have master electricians in my class i have electrical inspectors in my class as well and they enjoy the class because it's a refresher for them and yeah believe it or not some of the best questions i get are from my master electricians and uh you know when we have i'm other sure they're gonna ask you all the juicy class. ones <laughs> right and then when i have other electrical inspectors in the class i mean the class can go on for like hours because we're just talking about things, right? And uh, it's it's a lot of fun, you
0: know. So then, really once happy. I once you sit in, and obviously, you know, they can watch the videos, they can see how you teach. I love how you teach; it's very visual. I got my code book. I'm watching you. You've got your, you know, you're probably on your Apple or something, and you're circling stuff, and you're very. Deep. And then, and then you could do this as a paid, quote unquote, subscription. How does that work? What's the next step no, after, um, we, after if I like it?
1: Um, well, it's uh, right now. It's eighty dollars a month. Um, mm-hmm. you know, for the classes you get four uh, times a month.
0: So that's $20 to, a class. Right. Amazing.
1: And, okay. um, starting in June, I'm going to be charging a registration fee in June mm-hmm. of 2023. So mm-hmm. there'll be a one-time registration fee of mm-hmm. $80 just to get you signed up. But if anybody joins my class now in before, before June of 2023, you know, mm-hmm. obviously they don't have to pay that that sure. $80 registration fee. Mm-hmm. Um, and Again, we take it slow. We read the code. I have a lot of uh, graphics and pictures that I show in the class, mm-hmm. and you know, we'll look at a picture of a of a kitchen. We'll look at a graphic of a kitchen, and mm-hmm. then we go over it and we and we do a deep dive into mm-hmm. it to identify all of the the code things that we're looking about. And uh, we've got videos that they can watch. We've got uh, textbooks in our class, and then obviously. Mm-hmm. We got the best book of all. We got the National Electrical Code.
0: Very nice. And I'm just going to yes. say, make sure you get your tabs. The holy grail. Look at those yeah. tabs. You get, Beautiful. You get,
1: get those tabs. Um, so, Steve,
0: I don't want to interrupt you, but, I, you know, you and I, I, anybody listening here, you are going to hear a lot about Steve on my channel not so much on his about me yet because, you know, his is the – but, Steve, I think uh, I think that you and I talking, we've committed, you know, besides we have a mutual friend, I feel like I've known Steve forever. He's such an incredible resource. But, Steve, as I grow my channel, I really would love for you to be part of the podcast and the channel itself. And those that are listening are going to be like, this was great. And a lot of people listen and then they go on. Can we – on the air, make a small commitment that you and I are going to do some tailoring as long as our subscribers, both sides comment in the comments. If you're watching on YouTube, really what your needs are. And cause I want to grow in a couple of different areas that would help. And I'd ask you, and I'm not going to put you on the spot. Obviously, you know, the code book way better than me, but solar is a big thing. It's coming and it's, and it's getting bigger and bigger. And I want to do some, some solar, uh, more in-depth solar. Is that something that you'd be willing to develop with the 360 electrician channel and we can get oh, some sure. And Absolutely. then well, And then some well, of these other areas uh I really want to work with you more I think it's just amazing that we met and and we talked but I uh, liability is such a huge thing but nobody's going to be able to cover all bases but I think right. a channel like yours a channel like ours and you know I'm I've invited a lot of other people, and I've introduced you to some people, and I'm introducing other people's to, you know, I'm all about collaborating on YouTube and making the electrical industry. And I know you have a passion for that, the, the contractor. I have a heart for contractors. You said you had a heart for contractors on another conversation. I do. We were I, do. I mean
1: and I, I have to do the inspection.
0: You yes. know, I
1: really feel for the for the contractors because that was me, you know, and I you know, and now where I am now with my electrical knowledge, you know, it's you know, it's 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 it's, it's much more. Um, i have much more knowledge now than when i was a contractor and i was always scared of the ele- of the electrical inspector i said oh is right. the electrical inspector going to fail me you know <laughs> oh you know I, and, and, and like i didn't know enough to understand and appreciate what the electrical inspector has to go through um yeah it, it, it's a tremendous amount of liability mm-hmm. that the electrical inspector has because oh. you know, let, let's say you know you did a job and the electrical inspector came out and, and passed you, yeah. but the electrical inspector missed something, you mm-hmm. missed something. There's mm-hmm. a fire, the house mm-hmm. burns down, somebody gets killed. Mm. Guess what? You're getting sued. The electrical inspector is getting sued. The mm. lawyer's going to sue whoever they can sue. Right. Right. And I got to tell you the most terrifying call that you can get as an electrical contractor mm-hmm. is when something happens and you get the call from the lawyer even if you're 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 perfectly innocent because now that's going to cost you 4 to 500 dollars an hour that mm-hmm. you're going to have to retain an attorney to go and fight this you know possibly in a court of law it could cost you you know 20 30 40 50 100,000 dollars just to prove that you did nothing wrong sure so the, and and I'll 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 share one more thing here you know as a secret but Please don't tell anybody about the secret.
0: Nobody, right? nobody will. It's just you and me uh, listening right now.
1: <laughs> All right. So another thing that I suggest for the electrical contractors to do, and also to teach your employees to do, you know, you you let's say you're adding a branch circuit to a circuit breaker panel. You know, you're adding another receptacle outlet someplace and you put another breaker in there. Okay. And, and hopefully if it's in a dwelling unit, you're providing arc fault protection which is required, you know, uh, as per uh, (laughs) 210.12, you know, also make sure it's tamper resistant too, you know, um, if that is applicable. Here's the secret. Take your phone out or take your camera, take a picture of the panel, take the cover off, take a picture of the wiring, go to that receptacle and take a picture of that receptacle. And then in your invoice, you're going to identify exactly what you did. And then in that picture, we're going to see that brand new arc fault circuit breaker. Mm -hmm. And we're going to see, you know, we're going to see the panel. We're going to see that receptacle. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Now, let's say when you took the picture, let's say there were 20 circuit breakers in that panel. And the one on the bottom, that's yours that you just added. Mm -hmm. Now, five years later, there's a fire. And all of a sudden... You get the call from the lawyer. Well, you Mm -hmm. were the last electrician working in this house, Mm -hmm. and that house caught on fire. Mm -hmm. And you're looking at your records, and a lot of the smaller electricians are not going to have any records at all. They Mm -hmm. probably won't even be able to find an invoice for that. And that's unfortunate. But if you took the pictures and you said, hey, wow, that picture shows 20 circuit breakers in the Mm. panel. And how many circuit breakers are in there right now? this 30 Mm -hmm. aha so somebody Mm -hmm. came after you didn't pull a permit never got it inspected and now there's a fire Mm. so what you do what happens now the homeowner is like oh oh, um well i called my friend down the street (laughs) you know (laughs) i I forgot about that yeah how convenient that you forgot about that right and now you're going to put this poor electrician out of business Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. so
1: that's my recommendation you do a job you document it, you take some pictures, and you save it someplace. Yeah. And God forbid there's ever a problem down the road, then you can call somebody, you know, like me, or you know, um, somebody who's, you know, an expert in the code. I also do expert witness testimony as well. Mm. So you can call me. I can listen to the case. Also, I never, if 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 a, a district attorney calls me. To go ahead and prosecute an electrician, I will never take that case. I'm mm-hmm. always going to protect my electricians. Right. I'm going to be that's, on your that's side. That's great. So that's God great. forbid you ever get that phone call, you know, just go to my website electricaltime.com. Shoot mm-hmm. me an email. I'll call you back, and I'll talk to you and you know see if I can help you with that. But take those pictures yeah. of what you're working on, and then in your invoice. You know, I would suggest using a program that's going to save those invoices and not just handwrite it on a piece of paper, which you're probably going to lose, you mm-hmm. know, the next week or the right. next month. So, so make sure you, you keep all of your accounting uh, digital so that you can access these records many years later down
0: the road. Yep. So here's my shameless plug. We are a uh, brand ambassador for Field Pulse, uh, FieldPulse.com. I tell everybody, if you're in business and you're doing, I don't even put I don't know if I put a dollar amount on it or not, but if you're in business and you're doing at least $50,000 a year in business, gross sales, you cannot not afford, is that the right way to say it? You cannot not afford service software. FieldPulse.com, you can take pictures just like you said, it will be attached forever and ever. 10 years from now, you can pull it up and you're going to see the pictures exactly like you said, and you do it all on the field, all through your cell phone. It's, it's technology. It's 2023 people. If you're listening to this, you know, if you go to FieldPulse.com and you use it using my links or go through my channel, uh, you get 15% off monthly, you get 30% off if you pay for the whole year. I think it's incredible. There are other softwares out there. Uh, you can look at obviously try them all, do the trials, but I found, to do the types of job that I do whether it's just a service call or a big project where I need project um you know software that'll also do multi-day projects field pulse is the best hands down gps tracking all that shameless plug but wow. uh, that, Actually, that that's
1: that's that's, see, that's, that's it's great it's not yeah. only
0: for your accounting it's not only so you make sure you get paid it's not only your marketing it's also to save you on the liability
1: and also i think um the you know field pulse and there's other programs too but is that fieldpulse.com yep. Jeff and then how do how do they get that software through your link how do they do that
0: so the best way is to go to our website I'll put it up there www.the360electrician.com okay and then uh go to um supporters there's a tab there on the all the way on the right side and if they click it it'll go to my link or another way is if you're not watching this on youtube go to our youtube channel uh at the 360 electrician or at the 360 electrician podcast Almost any video I do in the descriptions, you're going to see field software for, through Field Pulse. If you click through that link. Now, don't be afraid. If you forgot it, you just text them and say, you know, it's got to be within a certain time period because they're not going to do it, you know, if you're Field Pulse right now, calling them two weeks later. During uh, during your sign up, you have to write that you found them through the 360 electrician and they should be honoring that for you. And it's for life. 15% off every month for as long as you have the, the software. Wow. If you decide it's for you and you sign up for a whole year at one shot, they're gonna give you 30% off. It literally is the best deal in software. And as I said, it's pretty robust. And of course, it ties into your QuickBooks and all that. But we're getting off topic, but it's hundred percent It's a way to cover you liability-wise. <laughs> you know and and as a former accountant and and still an accountant, per well, se,
1: I, I still I still do some accounting uh, Yeah. here and there. Um, it's gonna save no. you from
0: our, our Uncle Sam, right? Well,
1: you know, listen, we just gotta make sure that you know if you're the contractor right and 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 you know and Jeff is helping you to with your business you know you, you killed yourself to open up your business you probably sacrificed everything you might have mm-hmm. even taken out a mortgage on your home uh, you know to go and buy the trucks I, and everything. I hear it all the time and I, I think it's just absolutely silly that if you're out there you're 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 taking and if you're taking chances that could put you out of business basically overnight and you're and you're 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 not protecting yourself your employees your family uh and you made this huge investment so i I think knowing the code and knowing what to do um is an absolute must and that's what i do you know i i I teach the code i'm I'm a code geek that's what i do
0: and so important so important shameless plug again if you go to our <laughs> channel wwwthe 360 electriciancom I do have the courses. This is on screen. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you're watching, if you're listening on the podcast, head head over to the, the 360 electrician podcast on YouTube. What I'm showing you, Steve, is actually this is my field paperwork that goes along. Sorry, that's my solar one. Here it is. This is my field paperwork. And then this is my uh, proposal once I sign it. Are you ready for this? There's my legal. And this is not the same as this. This is my legal for California. I always tell everybody, it's that one best friend. It's that one client that's just sweet as a button. And then you accidentally tip over a vase because they didn't secure it. They were supposed to. And it breaks. And you end up paying a $5,000 vintage vase. On here, it says that the client's responsible to clear the room, the work area, or whatnot if if you, if they don't you are held harmless for any damage now look and in, in the court of law you never know what's going to happen but you think someone's going to take you to court when you have the paperwork it's going to be 10 times harder for them take the course it's worth the protection the the software the camera everything steve just said on this channel it's Because we're in the real world, and I hate to say it, but things are getting harder and harder. By the way, I do have the solar paperwork coming out very soon for the solar contractors that don't have it. All my (laughs) courses, all my paperwork, Steve, is editable as a sample. I'm not an attorney. I'm not an accountant, so I give it to you as a sample. That's completely editable, so you can go to your attorney, your state board, and then you can tailor it to fit your need, put your logo on all that. It's on sale. There is a coupon. It's TAKE50, T-A-K-E, in capital 50, if you go before the end of the month, you get $50 off on my marketing course and my paperwork course. I think that's just a great, great idea. So, Steve, I cannot let you go. I'm, we're not, I don't want to wind down. So if you're listening, this is the juicy part. I'm just getting warmed Steve, up just to let Steve, you know. Steve, I know. Steve, we got to <laughs> know. We have an actual inspector on the channel right now. Steve, tell me the top three to five things. I don't care how many you do because that's all information and we're, we're hooked. Name the three to five things as an inspector. It's your first go to on either like a remodel or a or your typical inspection that you would do. I want I want you to give me three to five, and then probably tell me the three or five biggest mistakes you see electricians making that they really need to start you know buttoning up on. And it's the important things. I'm I'm sure. Go well, tell us tell us. That's so important. We're all you know a lot of us beginning are afraid of inspectors. I'm not. Inspector is my best friend. You know. So tell us.
1: Well, three to I five things
0: that-, that you you go for right away.
1: Well, I think the number one uh, problem out there, um, you know, we've got all of these conductors. We've got, you know, the NM cables, which we call Romex cables. And, you know, they're all connected to something. They're connected to terminals. And if you read the instructions and also the code uh, references section 110.3b installation and use in the 17 code says, hey, you know, you got to you got to torque those those terminals, those screws, you know, those, those, those set connectors, you got to torque them. You just can't use, you know, what I'm going to call the grunt <laughs> method. Like when you, you, you're turning it or you, you have the wrench and you're like, uh, okay, that's torqued. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. You could be under torquing it. You could be over torquing it. And that's the number one failure point, mm. the connections. Sure. You got to make sure the connections are good. Mm -hmm. I I can't tell you, like, you know, when when I was an electrical helper and I became an apprentice and I I became uh, the journeyman and then I became, um, you know, the the general manager. You know, when I went to look at the work at some of the other um, people that were working in the company, you know, I would go and I would yank on all the connections. And I can't tell you how many times the connections just came loose. They looked good, but they just came loose. I'm like, what's this? So I'd go and I, I, I tighten it up and I had my torquing screwdriver and I would make sure that it was torqued properly. And it's a good thing to know that when you're making those connections, you're making a proper connection. And again, that is the number one failure point in electrical. Mm -hmm. It's all of those connections.
0: So as an inspector, you would come in, you would ask them to get their torque out and torque it, or would you check it? Or how would that work?
1: Well, um, that's so they got they way. got
0: really cool screwdrivers now that torque oh, and them. they click. They yes. click oh they yeah, click. Okay, there it, it the is. House.
1: So as as an electrical inspector, you know, I could ask you, can I see your talking screwdriver, please? I love um, it. <laughs> uh, I learned it kidding. out for my friend. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I could, as the electrical inspector, I could say, okay, now take all of your all of your connections apart, get your talking screwdriver. And then um, let me know when you're ready so I can, you know, stay here for 15 minutes and just watch you.
0: Uh, I've had one. I've had a commercial
1: inspector, you know,
0: God (laughs) bless him. I never want to meet him again. He made us do exactly what you said and he made us check every single connection and he's known for that. And you know what? Again, I might, I I said, I hate you, Steve, right? In our minds, we're thinking, Steve, you son of a gun, but realistically, (laughs) thank you. You're saving me from the liability, right? Liability. So it it that's really right. is a partnership when you think about it.
1: Because as an electrical inspector, the way I look mm-hmm. at it, um, I'm saving your rear end. I'm saving my rear end. True. So, and, if we, and if I see something that's wrong, mm-hmm. you got to take it as an educational opportunity. And if you ask me, you know, hey, what's the code violation? Well, you know, it, it's in the 17 code. But more importantly, it's in your um, instructions that you got with your piece of equipment.
0: You have to follow. Absolutely. You got to follow the instructions.
1: And 110.3B. You know, Mm -hmm. you got to follow the manufacturer's instructions.
0: And manufacturer trumps code. If they have a a special specifications, that's over and above. Correct?
1: Right. And then even in the circuit breaker panels, you know, you'll see a a label in there. Mm -hmm. And it's going to tell you the torque that you Mm -hmm. have to use on Mm -hmm. all of the uh, all all of the terminations yeah and that's part of the code so you know this is a good sense to have Um, all right
0: so that was number one what would be number two uh
1: number two is going to be where there's not enough uh conductors sticking out of the box let's say for a receptacle or for a switch so you know without the six inch rule you mean yeah this well the six inch rule and there's a three inch rule Mm-hmm. So without getting you know into too crazy into the code, So you know if you got a box that's less than eight inches in any dimension, what you have to have, you have to have at least three inches of conductors sticking out of the box. Mm-hmm. So what I like to do, I like to put maybe four or five inches or six inches sticking mm-hmm. out of the box and you know you can trim what you need to trim, but make sure you don't trim it less than three inches sticking out of the box. Mm-hmm. And you could work comfortably. I can't tell you how many times I've seen electricians cut those conductors show, so so yeah. short that you can't even get your fingers in there to attach the sure. the switch I, of the receptacle, and to me that's just absolutely uh, stupid. And because, it's not
0: it's not a courtesy to the next electrician. Let's right, put it that the, way too. The next electrician is probably going to be you. Cussing you out. Right, there right. you go. It's exactly. So this use, like
1: in ten to fifteen years. Brothers from now,
0: and sisters in the trade, that's what it means. It means one of your brothers or sisters are coming behind you, whether you like it or not. Have the respect. Look how people did the work, you know, fifty years ago. It's amazing, you know, what their work ethic and how they did it. All so right. I, so so I would number say two. That's,
1: that's like the number two violation. Then okay. I see box fill, you know, mm-hmm. which is an article yep. uh three fourteen. And I see that violated all the time. And it
0: and it's a tough one if you don't really Read it and learn it and then actually look at the box for the cubic inch rating inside right. the box. If, you know, if
1: you're using a, you know like a plastic nail on box, it's right inside yeah, the it's box. right
0: there, Yep, Of course, of course, you know, and, and, and it's funny because I always see it's funny. My guys wonder how I why I do things. So buying nail on boxes, I buy them by the hundreds in the box, and it's like three cents, five cents to go to the next size. And I always get the biggest size possible and spend that extra five dollars per box because guess what. I never have to worry about it. And then all of a sudden I get this stupid deep GFIs or the deep, you know, the new uh, USB plugs and I don't have to worry about it. There I go, oh man, the customer asked me to put a USB outlet there now and now I don't have the depth. So, and of course, so again, these are the things as a business owner, my guys don't think about it, but they're like, why is Jeff spending more money on these deep boxes? It's like 25 cents more a box because it saved me 20 you know, $50 to have to replace it later. Exactly.
1: That is hundred percent right, Jeff. <laughs> so box fill. And not only do we have to count the conductors, we also have to count the devices that we're installing inside the boxes. And I won't go into the into a code class here, but you gotta know how to calculate box fill. Mm-hmm. You know, to calculate for the volume of the device, also to count uh for any fittings that we need to count. Small right. fittings like wire nuts, we don't count. You know, you need to know how to calculate, um, you know, the conductors and how to calculate the box fill. Once you do it five or 10 times, 20 times, it's easy. You just, you look at it and then, you know, basically real quick, if that box is going to be overfilled, Mm -hmm. yes or no. Mm -hmm. And you know, a box is overfilled when you look inside the box and all you see is a big ball of wires in there and you can't even see the back of the box. And they try to they try to put the receptacle or the switch in there. And what? I and and I saw this one time. An electrician took out his hammer. And I don't have a hammer here, but let's say this is my hammer.
0: He used the back with, of it.
1: With the back of the hammer. Yep. He was pushing, pushing the conductors in the box. For so the record, was,
0: I guess that he was using the back of the hammer. I've he he never He was using the that. back of the hammer. And he was pushing okay.
1: the conductors <laughs> into the box. And this is, you know, when oh, I first no, started, gosh. you know, yeah. you could have told me anything when I was a helper you know, and I would have believed you, you know, like the time that they sent me to the truck to get to find the wire stretcher.
0: Oh, I love it.
1: That was funny, you know? And I'm like, I could, I can't find it. I don't know what it's, it's Brown. It's (laughs) orange. And the boss was yelling. And then I I came back and they were laughing. I said, I said, there's no such thing as a wire stretcher is they go. no. So I can say that in all of my years in teaching, I've been able to send guys out to the truck and, and, um girls too to go find the wire stretcher
0: that so, is great i'm going to use that find, one next week if anybody finds wire stretcher in, i'm going to call my guys in la and say guys we just got sponsored by racketeers they're sending us their new wire stretcher <laughs> <laughs>
1: so uh you know if you see somebody doing something stupid like that you know that there's a problem with box fill um so i'm going to say that's that's a pretty common violation um I think another common, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of violations that I see out there, but one that really people don't even think about is if you've got a long run on the branch circuit or a feeder that you're not taking into account voltage drop, which technically is not a requirement of the national Mm -hmm. electrical code, Mm -hmm. unless you're dealing with fire pumps or with sensitive electronic equipment. So for the regular stuff, the Code recommends a maximum of five percent in total voltage drop. So you got a long run, and somebody's running, you know, let's say a 12 to nm cable again, Romex, and it's going out 150 feet, two feet. And let's say it's going to be loaded up with 16 amps on mm-hmm. a 12 gauge conductor.
2: Mm-hmm. So by
1: the time you do all of the calculations, you might end up not getting the proper voltage you know, at the other end where you have your piece of equipment. So I see that all the time. The other big uh, thing that I see all the time uh, when they're doing a new service is they not doing their service load calculations. I say, where's your service load calculation? Uh, I've never had to do that before. Well, this is a house. I put a 200-amp service, and that's what I do. Yeah, but uh, where's your load calculation? Right either show me the standard or the optional mm-hmm. method and then you know I opened up my code book and we go to article 220
0: and that used to at- be that used to be big in Los Angeles too anytime you did a panel you had to have your load calculation for the inspector they stopped doing it i well, i have a feeling i know why I'm going to be honest with you they're not paying the dollars anymore for the right people they're just getting anybody that can do it and they're not you know they're cuz i always see these young kids coming out and they're literally they still wet behind the ears and everything. And then guess what? They hit you up with, well, your GFI outside doesn't say WR. And you're like, and then <laughs> you know, you got and I get it, but that's like the least of the, the violations you're gonna do. And sometimes, you know, we're trying to skim it or whatever. But you get these guys that are just, oh, this guy was just came out of code book 101 and they're out there. But I used to get it. I used to get the the and and when I first started, I was like, Oh man, how am I gonna do this? It's easy. There's a form. It's like, take take five minutes and take any kind of YouTube class. I'm sure you've got something that covers it. I do.
1: I, I yeah. actually, I teach how to do load calculations, both on the standard and the optional method. And this is covered in article 220. And I think that's called uh, brand branch circuit feeder and service yeah. load calculations.
0: It's, all, it's on all our master's journeyman tests. You know, you have a 15 right. unit apartment building. You know and each1 has an electric heating and, da, 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 and and all the the ovens and you know you gotta you gotta know the the surface conductor size calculations and all that and the grounding that's true. Uh, yeah.
1: I think the, ne- the next violation I see all the time you know if, if let's say uh, they're installing the boxes at the rough-in stage before the sheet rockers come in
2: mm-hmm. and
1: they don't bother to go get a piece of sheet rock and they say okay what 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 finish are you putting on the walls? And on the ceilings. Oh, we're putting half-inch sheetrock. You know what? Take a little piece of sheetrock, and when when your electricians are, are are nailing up the boxes, put it right there, yeah. and then use that as a gauge to Quarter make sure inch, that it's think, not right? too deep inside, mm-hmm. because those box extenders—I think we also call them goof rings. So, right. You know they're expensive. They're like five dollars a piece.
0: Yeah, the white ones you're talking about. Yeah, the white ones. <laughs> And so, quarter inch, I think you can't be more than a quarter inch yeah, in a Quarter room. inch yeah. um
1: inside um, um a surface that is not combustible. But Correct. if it's a combustible surface, yep. it has to be flush.
0: Flush, yep. Right. Which and is you- your side paneling electricians, if you're listening. Side paneling, wood side paneling, notorious for that. Mobile homes, notorious for that.
1: Right. And and again, you can't have the box sticking out of the <laughs> because then you're gonna be like a jerk.
0: Yep. You can, but you're not going to get another job, right? You know, you know,
1: and then, and then now you start, and then you start Coffing trimming kills. the box, right? Because the box is sticking out of the sheetrock. Oh gosh! Now I see that as an inspector, I'm like, what are you doing? Well, I got to do this because uh, the re- <sighs> the box is sticking out. I said, you just violated the UL listing
0: yeah. of
1: that that box.
0: And I have the golden question, Steve, as an inspector, if you see stuff like that. Now you're going to be like, what else did these guys do versus Uh, versus, I believe, and I'm just speaking for myself. If you walk into a job and you look at a panel and it's and it's the Mona Lisa, you're less likely to probably nitpick. Is that correct? I'm still going to look.
1: Okay. and But my guard is going to be at a lower level. Sure. If I see as soon as i walk in and let's say another another common violation when they're running nm cable and again nm cable we call it romex but romex is a brand name by sure. southwire sure. right so they're coming out of the Sponsor stud through the hole and they're making a sharp bend down the stud to go to the switch plate or the yep. receptacle
2: mm-hmm. we
1: got something called the bending radius mm-hmm. yep. and it's got to be 5 Looper. times mm-hmm. The bending radius of that NM cable, the mm-hmm. Romex, mm-hmm. and I see, and I see these sharp 90s mm-hmm. coming from the hole in the stud through where they, they bore the hole and coming mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. And I even saw one guy one time take the hammer and he was hammering oh, to make that 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 angle tighter. really sharp. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's
0: he saying oh, uh, oh. Uh, a a roller Romex is now six thousand dollars. So every inch I get out of it, right? <laughs> or I couldn't find the wire stretcher. <laughs> All right. So so what I used to do
1: when I was, you know, doing a rough and you know with Romex in residential, I did I did I'm mostly a residential electrician. Mm-hmm. You know, I did a little bit of commercial, a little bit of industrial, but I'm mm-hmm. gonna say 90% was in uh residential.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: as as I got the Romex coming out through the hole in the stud, and then I'm going down the stud, I put my hand there and I'd put it in a ball and then I would wrap the um the nm cable around my mm-hmm. hand so yep. i had a nice curve nice and i knew that that was a nice safe bending radius
0: yeah and yeah.
1: you know and you could see who knows what they're doing on the job and those people have no idea you know and you look at the stapling and if they're driving the staples like it's like it's like it like the NM the romex cable is going to hold something besides itself and they dug those metal staples mm. if it's metal which I don't like um, on on Romex, and I think it's illegal in some jurisdictions to use metal staples on Romex. Right. So, and and I would look at that, and I would see that these metal staples were really dug in to the Romex, hmm. and I'm like, wow, they really have no idea of what they're doing. Hmm. So later down the road, when you know they're they're installing the circuit breakers, and let's say it's arc fault protected, that defect might not 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 might not make itself evident Mm -hmm. for maybe six months to a year or five years but eventually that that staple is going to dig in to that insulation Mm -hmm. and now we're going to have arcing it could be a series arc or it could be a parallel arc right and that arc fault breaker is going to detect both types.
0: and i I always remind my guys remember we're 60 hertz in the United States. What does that mean? We have 60 cycles of back and forth vibration and I call it a micro vibration over many many years becomes a lot of scrubbing and rubbing. So if you don't put those connectors in right or you've got that metal, you know, sometimes I've seen it I'll come in and and uh you know they'll splice the it's you know not my guys thank god but sometimes when I go into projects or stuff that I'm doing remodels the Romex sheathing is slightly out of the metal box it didn't make it all the way in and then they've got that wire that's rubbing. I mean, these are such important things and it ties right back into the podcast, which was really the, the giant liability issues and how it ties into you really got to know the code uh, and you really do. So it, it sounds like, you know, a lot of your things that you're looking for are also the biggest mistakes that people make. So let's yep. let's let's ask you one final question as we're going to kind of wrap up here is what's the worst thing you probably ever seen as an electrical inspector? I actually do want to ask you one other question after that, but what's the probably the worst thing you've seen as an electrical inspector?
1: I, I've seen uh, circuit breaker panels that were inspected by other electrical inspection agencies where the, the panel was the first point of disconnect. And there was no main bonding jumper. The green screw wasn't there or oh. it was there, but nobody ever bothered to tighten it so that, We now have the main bonding jumper, which Mm -hmm. is by far the most important piece of the electrical system. Because if we have a fault somewhere in the system and that main bonding jumper is not there, let's say we have an accidental um, where the hot conductor is touching uh, the metal case of a Mm -hmm. box or the the hot conductor, which we call the ungrounded conductor is now energizing the metal chassis of a piece of equipment. And we Uh, don't have that main bonding jumper. mm -hmm. We do not have an effective ground fault current path Mm -hmm. that will, it's a low impedance path and it's intentionally constructed. So that breaker will trip. It has to open to stop the flow of electricity. And when I see that and I see, and again, when I was, you know, a helper then an apprentice and you know when i became a journeyman and eventually when i became a master electrician uh, i can't tell you how many times i saw that and yeah. i'm like wow they don't understand electrical theory they don't and, understand what they're doing um, and the inspector didn't make sure that that main bonding jumper yeah. was in there that green screw it's there for a purpose sure then i've seen sub panels
0: that's what I was going to say. That part right. and, and
1: the green screw is in there. I'm like, right. why is
0: there a green screw in the sub panel? Yeah, yeah. Like, what
1: are these people on drugs? You no, know, I've seen that you too.
0: we Will go into apartment buildings are very notorious for that because their main disconnects at the meter, but right. in the sub panel, some handyman that usually the apartment buildings want to hire an in-house handyman, and he's jumped the neutral on the ground right in that sub panel. Big no no. I've also had this happen, and and you know I never really looked deep into it. It's only once we have ADUs in California, auxiliary dwelling units. And a lot of times we are adding, uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, so what we're having to do is the house itself has, let's just say a 200 amp or a 100 amp main panel that's on the house. Well, now we're adding an ADU. So we do our load calculation and we need need 100 there. So now we need a two gang, 200 amp fed, right? Double meter. We used to be able to remove the meter, jump, either jump it. Most of the time we uh, disconnected it and we would bring it into a 100 amp main breaker on the busing the key there was uh if the panel label allowed it to be uh backfed any other way uh, i'm trying to f- f- uh, f- uh, phrase the question in a right way as an inspector but if you've seen it uh and you know i can't remember exactly what it was i think it had to do with the ground jumping uh bond i think some panels that don't have the ground jumper uh, or we're not able to disconnect the ground from the neutral. That's what it was. Inspector called us out and said, "You got the UL listing for that because the ground was able to be disconnected because we were now making it a subpanel." And we ran into a few, and we didn't think about it. There was no way to separate the grounding bar from the neutral bar because now it became a subpanel, and they they called it out and they said you have to replace it with a new subpanel. I don't know if you've ever ran into that, but you California uh, electricians, you got to watch out for that.
1: Yeah, here what, in New what York, what would be
0: the code section that would cover that. Do you know? I don't want to put you on the spot. Well, but. you
1: know, that's going to be in grounding and bonding. That's going to be okay. article 250.
0: Yep. And uh,
1: article 250, let me tell you, it's an animal of an article. So when <laughs> because when we it's like safety, right? It's really about safety. Yeah. And when we study article 250, um, I spend probably I'm going to say about 10, 10 to 12 classes just wow. on article 250. Wow. That's I mean, that's how important, how important it is, and it's so yeah. voluminous. So even if you try to read Article 250, you probably can't read it from beginning mm-hmm. to end without getting a headache. So I, 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 I believe break it, it down It's, it's so little.
0: entailed. You don't think about it. Look, we've had apartment buildings where we had to run wire underneath the apartment building, and to s- staple NM, especially once you're getting into Luminar bigger sizes, it just didn't make sense. It was easier for us to strap conduit. Well, if you don't put ground bushing, grounded bushings on both ends, you know, uh, and then the pipe had to be grounded. So our inspector said, run it all in PVC and you don't have to, to do the jump, bonder jump on the on the connectors and stuff. It's an amazing, you know, it's really, really amazing. Grounding is just, you know, I think they stress it a lot because again, it's a lot of life safety and property safety. You know, if the breaker doesn't trip, someone dies or someone, ca- you know, buildings catch on fire, plain and simple.
1: That's, that's true. We have to make sure that whatever we do as electricians, whether it's a big job or small job that we have to protect the people, the building, the property, because chances are that electrical work that, you know, the electricians are going to do out there. It's probably going to last for 50, 75 years. Yes. Yeah. And it's probably going to exist even after you're gone. Like the you're house liable for live. it
0: for a minimum 10 years, according to our state code for workmanship and defective material. If you installed it wrong or not to code, you're on the hook for 10 years. And then I guess there's a statute of limitations, but that's what the contractor uh, board says. You know, I, mean, I give it, a one year parts labor warranty. That's great. That's but for your for defective workmanship, it's ten years. And, but I hook.
1: think I think the greater thing here, Jeff. You know, as, as a human being, you know, as as someone that believes in family, um, and, and and just always trying to yeah. do your best as a human so, being. Sure, you want to be able to leave that job and feel good about the work that you did so my my best advice you know as a human being as an electrician and as an electrical inspector and as an electrical instructor do your best Um, follow the code at the end of the day you're going to find that there's going to be customers that are going to fully agree with you and they're going to say you know what you know what you're talking about so whatever you think you have to do to make my house safe To make it safe for my family do it but you know you know obviously everything has a dollar limit to that Mm -hmm. and my advice and it's a personal advice you don't have to take it but if you end (laughs) up having these customers that the first question out of their mouth is like how much do you charge how much is that going to cost oh i found a guy down the street who can do this for 75 bucks Mm -hmm. i'm gonna say good luck thank you for not wasting my time because I'm a licensed electrician yeah. and I don't feel like losing my license by doing a favor for you for someone that may be that may be a make-believe friend sure so you got to choose your friends who your real friends are and if you got great customers and they want you to do the right job you know you'll end up probably making much more money too because now instead of charging the 150 yep. now you're charging six seven eight hundred dollars right. a right. thousand dollars. Right, And you know what? The customers are going to feel good about it. And they're going to recommend you. And you're going to make a good living. But you got to know when to say no to certain customers.
0: Sure. And Steve, as we wrap up this podcast, I think this is a perfect time for this podcast. Here's why. The new code book just came out. So if you have clients that you've been doing work for for years, and let's be honest, you're comfortable, they know your prices, and you're maybe too cheap, the call you need to make tomorrow, the email you need to make tomorrow is, hey, say, hey, guys. The new 2023 code book is out and there's been lots of changes due to those changes, which are in life, safety, and for me to do the job I need to do, my rates are going to have to increase because the code, you know, whatever you want to use. Today's the time. This podcast is the wake up call right now. If I had a bell, I'd be ringing it. It's a wake up call for me and my company. I'm, I'm just, by the way, Steve, I think we talked about it. I I'm about to open the brick and mortar in Montana as well. So I'll be running two electrical contractors, 1200 miles away. So how much more important is it to cover my rear and liability? It's the time to do it. I've got a lot of apartment building uh, owners and we talked about that in our previous phone call where they have federal Pacific or Well, first of all, I, I send out the email, you know, I just tell them type federal Pacific or in Google, I don't have to sell it. It sells itself. It's the time to do those upgrades and say, look, this is the way I do it. If, if if that's out of your budget range, I totally understand, but I can't take the liability. If you want to take it on, go right ahead. You put them on notice. You send it through an email. If something happens, guess what? And they call you back for whatever reason. You could say, I warned him. He didn't decide to take my warning. He went and did it. That person's even more liable. And sometimes I've done that. Sometimes I will purposely put it on paper and send it over because they need to know. And so I really appreciate you. Uh, Everybody, again, if you're listening to this, uh, Steve's website is www.electricaltime.com. You go over there, you're going to be able to get to his YouTube channel, which is at Electrical Time as well on YouTube. Steve, I really appreciate you. I know this is just the first of many, many things that we're going to do. I'm going to give you the last 30 seconds to say goodbye and and again, let people know uh, about your courses one more time how they can get involved and how they can sit in on a free lesson. And then uh, we'll end the podcast and I will definitely have you on again. Steve, sure. let me know.
1: Well, Jeff, thank you so much for having me on your show. Um, and just so you know, I've been up since four o'clock this morning. It's now eight, eight, almost 8.30 in the evening. And I got to tell you, I, I just love talking about electrical. Um, it's something that I just enjoy doing. And mm-hmm. when you enjoy what you do, It's not work anymore. It's, you know, you're starting to have fun. You're starting to fulfill um, your purpose in life. So, what I do at Electrical Time, it's very simple. I teach the code. So, you know, if you're going to become an electrical contractor, obviously you're going to need Jeff's um, advice and he's got great products that uh, you should take a look at, definitely. But, you know, for you to become a, a contractor, electrical contractor, you need to pass the exam. And that's what I can help you with. And mm-hmm. then with your electricians that are working in your company, I can also help them to teach the code so that they can protect you better from that ugly words called liability. Mm. If they're doing a better job and everything's good, you can sleep better at night. So um, that's that's all I got to say. And again, it's ElectricalTime.com. Yeah. And if you want to take uh, one of my classes, just go to the website and click on online classes. Shoot me a, an email with your name and number, I'll call you back and then I'll schedule you to uh, take a class and see if it's something that you like.
0: Wonderful. Wonderful. Well guys, this is it for the Three Hundred and Sixty electrician podcast. Uh, I am sure I am so happy you guys stayed. If you stayed this long, look, kudos to you on our website, www.the360electrician.com coupon code, take 50 T a K E five zero for your marketing ultimate marketing for electrical contractors. Ultimate paperwork for electrical contractors. I also do coaching, which I know I have told you, Steve, I've got over 300 electrical contractors or those that want to be signed up already. I'm getting through as many as I can. Sign up early. Prices are going up. You can sign up at the website at as well. Thank you for all the channel sponsors and, you know, all of you guys head over, give a big shout out to Steve. Let him know you listen to the podcast, subscribe to his channel. His channel's fairly new. I don't know if you, how long you've been doing it, Steve, but I tell you the information on there is amazing. We all love you. Don't forget to download, subscribe to this podcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Apple. And again, at the YouTube podcast channel at the360electricianpodcast.com. Steve, thank you, my friend. Thank you. You're going to come, really come back again, yes?
1: Look forward to uh, to doing a lot more uh, shows like
0: this with you. I appreciate it's, uh,
1: it. It's a, a good synergy that we have here.
0: Amen. Amen. Steve, thank you so much. I'll hit you up uh, this week. And guys, thanks again. Have a great week. Have a blessed week. Be safe. And we will see you on the next one.